I want to read a portion of scripture today, and I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. I've had an amazing week. It's been an incredible week, a, a busy week. It's been, there's been some hard things, but there's also been some great joys. And uh, uh, I've had a, my brother-in-law faces a triple bypass operation uh, tomorrow. He's going into the hospital. I think it's happening on Tuesday. They had to wait a week because his blood was too thin and they couldn't operate. So he faces this operation and he had been uh, uh, just phoning uh, Dini and saying, uh, his wife saying, uh, uh, let's get our wills in order. And I think that's a good idea. We always need to uh, have our paperwork. It's always, always good to have it all in order. But then I thought, is his life in order? And so I, I went out to the Gateway Hospital and it, we just had a beautiful time with him, just talking a bit about Jesus, talking about the two thieves on the cross. And uh, they're both going to die. And uh, the one sees Jesus as the Son of God and, and uh, says, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Now that could only be revealed to that criminal on the cross by revelation. And uh, so I chatted to John about that and said, are you okay with where you're going to go? If you died, if this operation went, went south, I'm getting a little bit bolder in my old age. Not, not trying to put the fear of God in people, but just, hey, wake up. We live in urgent times. We live in times in which if you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. And so I got him to pray along with me and he's, oh no, I can't pray, I, I don't... Uh, you know, he's this big hunting, fishing, shooting uh, kind of guy. But underneath it, he's very was very em emotional and very uh, he's, he's very soft. And so we prayed a prayer with him, prayer of salvation, a prayer. Uh, sometimes he prayed, and sometimes I prayed, and it was just a, a lovely time, just to know and go go away from that, and that, w that was really cool. And then. Uh, on, on Wednesday, I had an opportunity, uh, James and Brenda's son-in-law, Luca, he came to church a few weeks ago, has been going through some struggles, and he was in the Midlands uh, at uh, the Tradle, Saddle and Trout, and I went up to Tradle and Sout, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> Saddle and Trout. The treadle in Sartre is pretty good. And uh, had, a, had, like, had a nice, uh, talking about meals, there was about meals and, and table and uh, I arrived there, it was just after lunch so I thought there was going to be no lunch but he hadn't eaten and we had this amazing oxtail uh, at, at, at the place and, and we just chatted and we talked about life and, and, and crisis in life and, and uh, I was saying that God, God it's never gone wrong because God's always involved in our lives. And he's always drawing us to him. And uh, after about an hour and a half of chatting and talking, I said, Luca, do you want to give your life to Jesus? And he said, yes. Yes. <laughs> and so we prayed a prayer. And that's the journey has begun. What the, what, the, what the Lord has started, he's going to bring to completion. And that was really exciting. And then on, uh, I've been doing a little bit of alterations. We've been putting in a little kitchen in, in my place. We're making a, a place for Gummer and Papa to live. And, 
my, my in-laws, and uh, there's a builder there who, is, who came to me uh, about 10 days ago. He says, my son needs to see you. He wants to give his life to Jesus. And yesterday, Friday morning, he came to, the, came to the office, and we started chatting, and I asked him where he was and how he got to this place. And he wanted to give his life to Jesus. And it's just uh, the most amazing privilege of, of walking with people and chatting with people about Jesus. About the need for Jesus and about Jesus needing to be on the throne of our lives. Because I was born again and I, I was born again used, with somebody who used the four spiritual laws. The Campus Crusades, uh, John Templeoff. The Campus Crusade uh, little booklet. and that's, So I used, I used that. And so, what a week. What a week. And our weeks need to be about Jesus. And it's just, uh, just uh, it's been a really, really exciting, exciting week. I mean, I don't know whether that's hap- that hardly ever happens, but suddenly like three in one week. So there are babies being born. The kingdom of God is, ex- is, being, ex- is extended, being extended. And one of the things, it's not about me. I know uh, Pete Warren's not here, but there was a time where somebody was dying. He's a, Pete Warren is a doctor, so he was, the guy was wanting to know about salvation. And Pete Warren got on the telephone and said to Henry, please come. Somebody wants to give, them, give their life to, to Jesus, wants to know about what eternity is all about. And Henry says, I can't come. You lead him to the Lord. And he did. And so I want us to all be ready. And somewhere in the process, somewhere in the weeks ahead, I know Jockey's done some stuff last year, but I want us to all be at that place where if somebody says they want to give their lives to Jesus, we will do it. You won't have to phone up Alan. You won't have to phone up the guru or whoever or somebody. You do it because Jesus lives in you. And there's nothing more exciting than when we out of our depth and we don't know what's going to happen and we, we're uncertain and we, even me in this last week as I was sharing the things afterwards I came and I should have said that and I should have said that and I didn't quite emphasize that and uh, you know so, so there's those things but ultimately it's only God who draws people to Jesus and we rest in that and the, the work that he has started he's going to bring to completion and I take great hope and great courage in that for the people that I've led to the Lord. But also in my own life. Am I going to finish strong? Well, the Lord is the author and perfecter in my faith. So He's going to help me to finish strong. So I'm going to read from the New Living Translation from Luke chapter 7 verse 36. Jesus anointed by a sinful woman. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Eating again. This eating is a good thing. Got that one one amen from Andrew. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard he was eating there, she bought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. 
Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet. And she wiped them off with her, with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Then Jesus told him the story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them, cancelling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one to whom he cancelled the larger debt. That's right, said Jesus. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, Your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said to themselves, said among themselves, Who is this man? That God goes that, that goes around forgiving sins. And Jesus answered to the answered said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. What an amazing story. I don't know, probably 18 months ago, I shared from this chapter once before. But the, the Lord has been highlighting in my life, and in our times with, times with Jockey and, 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 and the groundbreaking team, and we're having a look with, that Jesus is central. That Jesus is the key. He is the foundation stone on which we build our lives. And we have to be careful in what we build. We need to, we need to build, and, and we always need to be building Jesus. That's what we, we, we need to be building. And this, this uh, scripture here today, let me turn to it in, the, in another version. In, in, in Luke chapter 7, it's just an amazing story because Jesus is in town. And if you read the scriptures... From the beginning to the end, it's all about Jesus. The, the Old Testament points to Jesus, and then in the Gospels, it's uh, all about Him, and we see Him wherever He's going, and there are people pushing into Jesus. Wherever He, wherever he goes, people want to hear what He has to say. He was teaching with authority. The people who missed Him were the religious people, the, Sadduc 
the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the, the, the religious people, or probably the pastors, if it was in today's terms, it would probably be the pastors. We would miss Jesus because we're so busy doing the stuff and trying to cross and dot every little thing and, 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 make, and, and, and put burdens on, the, on, on people. And that's what Jesus said, said to the, the people, Come to me, all you who are heavy laden. And what do you do? I will give you rest. Where do you come to? You come to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she, she knew she could get, if she could get to Jesus, and she could just touch the hem of his garment, the hem of his garment, he would be healed. That's all, he, all she had to do. and that's what, So she pushed in to Jesus. And that's what you and I need to be doing and whatever we're facing today is pushing in to Jesus. Because He is the way maker. He is the, uh, the healer. He is whatever you need comes from a, an encounter with the King of Kings. And so often we, we think and we go after the things that we think we need. And we forget that everything we have comes when we find Jesus. Because Jesus is your peace. Jesus is my peace. As I come to Him, I need peace in my life. You need peace. Where do you get it from? You don't get it from reading the newspaper. You don't get it from what you see happening in the world press. In fact, you, 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 you become faint and, and you'd be like really, really struggling if you read what's going on at the moment. But if you push into Jesus, our hope is in Jesus. And so we see in this story, we see in this amazing story that... Uh, this Pharisee invites Jesus for a meal. I'm so excited. I've been invited to a meal at the Hollies today. So I'm going to bring lots of perfume and uh, yeah. So arrangements have been made. Kathy is actually slaving at home making this, this amazing meal. And, and, and the meal is being prepared and, and, and Jesus is coming. So Jesus is a, is a really honored guest, a special guest. He's, a, he's the talk of the town because of the miracles, because of his teachings. And so the Pharisee wants the, 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 latest, the latest in town, the latest good thing. And it happened to be Jesus. And so he invites Jesus. To come. I'm not sure of his attitude. You can read lots into the scripture. And there's a lot that which is not said. But uh, Jesus is there. And people want to, want to encounter Jesus. But then there's this woman of the night. There's this sinner. There's this uh, sinful woman, it says in the, in the ESV. She somehow gets to hear that Jesus is in this Pharisee's home. And she manages to break in. She manages to gate crash. She manages to uh, get close to Jesus. That's all she wanted to do. She wanted to get close to Jesus. She didn't worry about what the other people thought. But she pushed in. She pushed into Jesus. Don't worry about what other people think when you want to push into Jesus, when you want to worship Him with, your, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Don't, don't worry about what people think. 
I know, when I was first born again, uh, my mother, I think she probably said something along these lines, you don't have to be so radical. You don't, you don't have to be so, you know, like over the top. But when you've encountered Jesus, we cannot help but be over the top. We cannot help do what this lady does. I mean, we don't know from the scripture how she knew about Jesus. Maybe she had seen that Jesus in a few verses earlier that Jesus had raised a woman's, a woman's son. But when she comes to Jesus, she makes preparation. She, buy, she's, she has an alabaster jar of expensive perfume. It cost her something. She gave of, of, her, of, her, of, her, of her all. And so she, when she, she finds Jesus, what does she do? She falls on his feet. She begins weeping with her, with her tears and hair. She begins to wash his feet. With her lips, she begins to kiss, her, kiss his feet with adoration and love. And she breaks open this perfume and pours it over his feet. To be at the feet of Jesus is a, is a good place to be. In Luke, just in Luke, we have, there are six times in Luke where we find someone at, at Jesus' feet. The first one is this one. The sinful woman mentioned in this verse who poured out her worship and tears at Jesus' feet. Two, the demonized man who worshipped at Jesus' feet. Chapter 8, verse 35. Jarius who fell at, fell at, the, at his feet pleading for a miracle for his daughter. Mary who sat at his feet and received his word. The, healer, the healed leper who fell at his feet in deep gratitude. And those who worshipped Jesus at his re resurrection when he showed them his feet and hands. Our place when we encounter Jesus is to be at his feet. We don't have anything to bring. In fact, we, all we have to bring is our sin. That's all we have to bring. So think about the Pharisee. The Pharisee had invited Jesus, maybe to get to know him. And now here was this woman who had gate crashed and now was hijacking his plans. Everything was tipsy-turvy, was, was, was uh, upside down. It wasn't how he thought it was. And it confronts him. It confronts the Pharisee. And he starts, maybe he starts dialoguing with himself. And, 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 the, and, the, and the amazing thing is, he thinks, Jesus should know who this woman is. She's a sinful woman. She shouldn't be letting, him, letting her touch him. Dialoguing with himself. And so, as he sees this beautiful picture of worship, what is he doing? He is criticizing the one who has been worshipped. Saying if he knew, if he was, if he, if he was the a prophet, then he should be, he should know. He 
She's ministering to Jesus. When we come to fellowship on a Sunday, one of the most important things we do is come to worship our King. Is to come and minister to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we do that in, in, many, in many different ways. But we do it in, we do it in worship. We do it as we, as we come to the table. We do it in our heart attitude as we, as we focus in and direct our attention on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Uh, our, our worship becomes a fragrant offering. Our prayers become uh, something that He hears as we minister to Him, as we fall in love with Him. And so Jesus is quite gentle in this. Mostly Jesus is not gentle at all. He's quite harsh and fierce. But this one he, say, he just tells Simon, I have something to say to you. So he, he knows what you're thinking. You can't get away with anything. Not with God. He knows our every thought. He knew what Simon was thinking. He's a big God. A great God magnificent, knows you and me, knows the hairs on our head, knows our thoughts, and yet He still loves us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? That the King of kings and the Lord of the Lord, who knows our every thought, loves us. I can hide my thoughts from you a little bit. My actions, my facial expressions might, might show something different. But I can try and hide my thoughts, but not from God. And so he tells a little story about owing money. And it's a basically a story of, of gratitude and thankfulness. The one who's been forgiven more will be more grateful, will be, will be more in love. And let me tell you, each of us here today, we have been forgiven much. Our sin is, has turned has separated us from God until Jesus came. And it's, we can't take this lightly. I think, I think because I've come up and brought, brought up in Kloof in, a, in a, my Western background, I think I'm quite alright. But as far as the sinners, the East was from the West. Oh no, that's wrong scripture. Sorry, that's another one. That's how far he's removed my sin. So that's exciting. But, but my, my, my sinners as filthy rags. As uh, filthy rags. And I've been loved by the King of Kings and you've been loved by the King of Kings. And so there should be such a joy and outflowing of, of, of love. And so he, he says to the Pharisee, you gave me no water, but this woman did. Her tears. You gave me no kiss, but she's not stopped kissing me. You did not anoint my head with oil. She's poured this beautiful ointment over my feet. That was kind of the things that was expected that a host would do. But for some reason, the Pharisee hadn't done these things. And this woman came and, sh and, and actually showed him up. Why? Because she loved Jesus. Somehow... Somehow she was drawn to Jesus. That's the, the thing. The sinners were drawn to Jesus. And she was drawn. And as she came to him, 
She wept. We need to know this video that we said, that we, that we uh, watched, it was fantastic. That there is a bride arising in this church that is going to love Jesus rightly. That, the, the, that God is at work in your heart and my heart, making us uh, perfect, without, without spot or wrinkle. It's got a little bit of work to do with me now, because there are quite a lot of spots and wrinkles. But that's what he's doing. He's making a, making a bride ready for his, for his return. And you and I are, are participating with that. We are working out our salvation with fear and trembling. That's what he's worked in. Look at this narrative. <coughs> she says nothing in the narrative. Absolutely nothing. Not one word. What did she need? When you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, you find exactly what you need. And she needed forgiveness. You may not get what you want, but you get what you need. And sometimes we're so busy, and I think I've already talked about it, but I want to re-emphasize because it's important. That we seek the king. Not we seek the king for our needs. It's when we stop seeking for what you need. And there's lots of needs here. You might be needing healing, finance, deliverance. When you find yourself at the feet of Jesus, you find yourself healed. And this is so beautiful because what, what happens in this in the scripture in chapter Luke 7 verse 47, Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little, and he said to her, your sins are forgiven. It's amazing. Her sins were forgiven. She didn't say anything. Just in the presence of God, God declared it. God knows our hearts. He knows what we need. He knows what you need today. Whatever you need. All we need to do is bring on three practical things we need to do to, as we come to Jesus. And I'll probably close with this. She brought her pain. She brought her tears. We can love Him in our pain. She's bringing, maybe she's bringing her setbacks, her disappointments, her rejection. In her tears, that's what she's bringing. As we, as we come to Jesus, there's not a problem with, with, with crying. With tears. Because we are emotional. We are emotional people. So he brought, she brought the pain in her heart to the feet of Jesus. To worship Him. She brought in her pain. Not everything had been answered. All, all her stuff hadn't, hadn't been answered. But she just came and worshipped Him in her pain. And then she kissed His feet. There was, there was a... She, she fell in love with him. There was an intimacy. There were emotions. There were, there were hard affections. The religious people like my mom would have said, uh, don't be too emotional. But I think we need to respond from our heart. In the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy. 
When we're at the feet of Jesus, there should be an explosion of joy in our hearts and our love, in our love for Him. I mean, I watched a bit of sports yesterday, and I can't believe how excited I get when the Sharks score a try. Or even when the guy gets sent off, and I now now know that we've got a chance of winning much more than before. And maybe it was just as well in yesterday's game. But there's a joy that explodes when I see something exciting happening. So why not when I'm, when I'm worshipping the King? And so I want this fullness of joy and it comes when as I sit at the feet of the King. And finally, she gives this perfume. And the perfume represents her strength, her resources, her wealth. And we can use all our strengths, our, our wealth for the furtherance of the kingdom. And so we can, we, can be, we can be generous. Why? Because He was generous to us. The end of the story is the most amazing words. The, the Pharisees are arguing amongst themselves, who is this? Who is this that He forgives sins? Her worship had provoked that question. And that's the question we all need to ask. Who is this? Who is this Jesus? This Jesus that forgives sins, He is the Son of God. As Peter had a revelation that He was the Christ, the Son of the living God, and was a revelation of God. And we need that revelation. And so we need to be challenging our actions, our, our worship, our love, our, our good deeds, our, what we do need to be uh, couched with that. There are people who say, who are these people? Who are these people called Sarepta? That they love each other, that they care for the poor, that they go to the, to the lost. Who are they? And when we say it's because of Jesus, they'll be provoked by that. They're either going to reject or they're going to accept. There's no middle ground with Jesus. And so Jesus is your Savior. He is my Savior. She encountered Jesus and it ends up with her sins being forgiven and going in peace. Do you want that kind of peace? That as you go from here and now, you go back to home and back to work in the week. Do you want that kind of peace? Push into Jesus. Make Jesus your King. Love Him with everything you've got. Let's stand.